Hello everyone and Namaskar. Today I will be reading the last four discourses because they are short of the compilation titled Who is the Real Guru? There was one discourse that I decided to skip titled Sadguru and Microvita because I had already previously recorded that discourse. The first discourse is titled When Does He Appear? And again, this is the last four of the compilation, Who is the Real Guru? He comes on earth when there is too much sin and it is difficult for virtuous people to live on this earth. When dharma declines and a dharma or sin gets the upper hand, when the virtuous and the pious are tortured and the dishonest and evildoers tyrannize over the good, in a word, when the human intellect is guided along degraded and destructive channels, Taraka Brahma forms a desire to come on earth with a specific mission of restoring Dharma by launching a ceaseless fight against all injustice and sin. There are a few notable criteria by which to distinguish Taraka Brahma from other Mahapurushas. Number one, he himself is a born guru and has no spiritual guru. Number two, he comes with a specific mission which is to restore morality and dharma. The entire society becomes divided between moralists and immoralists. A fight between them is inevitable, and ultimately, dharma comes out victorious. Number three, his emergence means a new era of white peace and dharma. He needs no sadhana, but just to set an example to others. He performs sadhana with the masses. 1969 Ranchi now this following discourse is titled The Grace and Compassion of the Sadguru. And the discourse is in a form of a question and an answer. So the question goes, What does archaeological history say? Has there been any collective influence of positive or negative microvita on this earth or in the entire cosmos? And what is your guess regarding Atlantis, Oceanus, and Gondwanaland. The answer is as follows. Human beings came here one million years ago, but the history of civilization starts from the time of the Rig Veda, 15,000 years ago. From one million years ago to 15,000 years ago, for so many years, 985,000 years, between the Miocene and the Oligocene ages, was human society in a dormant state? Humans invented pictorial letters less than 7,000 years ago. A full-fledged civilization with the four symbols of advancement, agriculture, the wheel, dress, and script, started 7,000 years ago. Is there any row of microvita, positive or negative? It is another question. With regard to civilization, there has been little progress during the long span of 900 and 85,000 years. All the progress has taken place within the last 15,000 years. From the time of the Rig Veda, the oldest unwritten book of the world, at that time people could not write. Do microvita influence the mind first or matter first of any human or living structure? Negative microvita can function directly at the physical psychic plexus, but they cannot reach even directly to the occult plexus. Only positive microvita can touch 
the lunar plexus, and they may be elevated up to the occult plexus. But negative microvita may be elevated to the lunar plexus by another course. If negative microvita affect the mind, the mind may undergo derangement, but negative microvita cannot affect the mind directly. Positive microvita may be used for intellectual development and for imparting certain occult powers, but not for spiritual power or spiritual development. Suppose a man is deaf and dumb, as the functions of hearing and speech are controlled by nerve cells or nerve fibers. They are activated with the help of nerve cells or nerve fibers. Nerve cells are controlled with the help of the lunar plexus. Positive microvita may function directly up to the lunar plexus. But there, at the lunar plexus, if positive microvita are to influence the nerve cells, they require some special power. Positive microvita cannot do something supernatural with the help of the nerve cells. They require some special power of some powerful person. Suppose the Sadguru is saying something, and that deaf or dumb man wants to hear it but cannot. If one concentrates the mind on Varavaya Mudra, there will be the direct effect of positive microvita on the auricular or other nerve cells and also on the controlling cells. And it may be that all of a sudden he may get back the power of hearing. One should look towards these two mudras and not to anything else. Microvita are radiated through these two mudras. This is the inner secret. This is supernatural, but not illogical. Certainly it is supernatural because it does not come within the scope of natural phenomena. Here the inner secret does not lie with microvita. It depends on something else. During the last Vaishaki Purnima at Anandanagar, there were many spiritual aspirants who wanted that the speed of our progress should be accelerated regarding the establishment of Anandamarga on this planet. Did you mark that after Dharma Mahachakra, DMC, the speed has accelerated? This is the effect of positive microvita through these two mudras. If a deaf man sincerely wants to hear what the Sadguru is saying, the positive microvita radiated through these two mudras are sure to help him. They will certainly help him. During this DMC, some boys mentally express that we should go on fighting. Now see our boys and girls will go on fighting, and fighting the realm of spirituality means victory. The highest point up to which negative microvita can function is the physical psychic plexus, but with the application of some force, they can be raised up to the lunar plexus. This raising is called rishti or rushti. The lunar plexus is the highest point of positive microvita, but if positive microvita are raised above this point, it is called kripa, that is, raising positive microvita from the lunar plexus to the occult plexus is called kripa, and raising them from the lunar plexus to the pinnacle point of human glory is called karuna. Without kripa, there cannot be karuna, there cannot be any galloping jump. Raising negative microvita above the psychophysical plexus is rishti. You should always try to avoid rishti and always try to receive the glamour of Kripa or Karuna. January 7th, 1988, Kalkara. The next discourse is titled, The Grace of the Guru. To make the mind pinnacled, one should do dhyan of the Guru in the Guru Chakra. The Guru Chakra is slightly below the penile gland. 
though the Sahasrara Chakra and the Guru Chakra are ritually the same. So the mind is to be concentrated on the Guru Chakra, and all the potentialities of the unconscious mind are also to be concentrated here. The moment one achieves full concentration, one becomes omniscient. Why do spiritual aspirants concentrate on the Guru Chakra and not on the pineal gland for Dhyan? Because the Guru Chakra is the internal side of the Sahasrara Chakra. A spiritual aspirant should not do spiritual practices to become omniscient. Rather, a spiritual aspirant is to perform spiritual practices to satisfy Paramapurusha in the form of Paramaguru. That is why it has been rightly said, Guru Kripahi Kevalam. The grace of the Guru is everything. There is no difference between the penile and pituitary glands of males and females, but there may be differences in the other glands. This is why those who say that women are not entitled to spiritual salvation are wrong. Men and women are equally entitled to spiritual salvation. The right wing of the pituitary plexus controls the qualities, attributions, and quanta of the leptistic propensities, which are a little more than 400 in number. The left wing of the pituitary plexus controls the qualities, attributions, and quanta of the rightistic propensities, which are also a little more than 400 in number. The total is a little less than 850. When both sides of the pituitary plexus are fully developed and fully utilized, one attains apexed intellect. Leftistic propensities are those which have a degenerating and depraving effect, such as shyness, shamefulness, melancholia, and fear. Rightistic propensities are those which pave the way to supraconsciousness. As a result of the normal secretion of hormones of the first subgland of the Manipura chakra, the propensities of shyness and shamefulness are created. This creation of shyness is an imposed samskara. It only occurs when the environment helps in creating this propensity. The combined effects of the oversecretion of the fifth and of the oversecretion of the sixth subglands of the igneous plexus is melancholia. Due to the undersecretion of its ninth and tenth subglands, the fear complex is created. If one commences spiritual practices later in life, and if the left wing of the pituitary plexus is developed, one can remember one's past life. When the right wing is developed, but the left wing is not developed, the entity will not get a human structure with developed nerve cells, but it will get the body of a developed animal, such as a dog, cow, or monkey. In such cases, the entity will remember its past life until its sex glands start functioning. When the sex glands start functioning, it forgets its past life. If it cannot forget, it dies. When, in rare cases, a person does not forget his or her past life, nor dies, he or she becomes a spiritual genius, a hermit, or a worker of a missionary organization. Good propensities may be enhanced or diminished by microvita with the help of the macrocosm. Good propensities may be enhanced with positive microvita and diminish with negative microvita. Bad propensities may be enhanced with negative microvita and diminished with positive microvita. When the Guru is pleased with the disciples' efforts, the Guru graces them by encouraging and enhancing their good propensities and by reducing their bad ones by microvita. The good propensities are enhanced by positive microvita and the bad propensities are reduced by positive microvita. Through microvita, 
the guru does the needful to increase or decrease the secretion of the glands. If Parama Purusha is pleased with a boy, he applies positive microvita to all his plexi, and as a result, the person enjoys bliss. It is remarkable that after a sadhaka has developed to the third phase of sadhana, he attains salvation within a short period with the help of the guru. A human being is just like a machine or a mechanical doll in the hands of the microcosm. Perform spiritual practices to satisfy Parama Purusha, the supreme cognitive faculty, and he will do everything. If one gets the guidance of a sadguru at the age of 13, 14, or 15 and diverts one's potentialities towards Parama Purusha through spiritual practices, one is sure to be successful in life. June 3rd, 1987, Kolkata. And this is the last of the discourses in this recording of the compilation titled, Who is the Real Guru? This discourse is titled, Microvitum and the Role of the Guru. I have already said that if there is a happy adjustment and balanced blending between carbonic and non-carbonic pabula in the human mind and corpor, there will be no imperialism at all. Rather, heaven will descend on the dusty earth. While following the path of neoethics, human beings will attain enormous progress in the spiritual sphere with greater speed. With the help of non-carbonic pabula, they will sharpen their psychic penetration within inter- and intra-atomic and molecular space. With the help of microvita, they will be able to powder down their ectoplasms and transform them into cognitive facultal factors. The majority of people today do not know the technique of using microvita. The universal entity sitting in one place has been using microvita to accelerate the spiritual growth of individuals in different celestial bodies in different ways. Only that supreme entity who is conversant with these techniques and can teach them to individual spiritual aspirants is the Supreme Guru. He keeps all within his contact and with the help of microvita, elevates all spiritually. Living beings, through their own individual efforts, can achieve only a little progress in the carbonic world. But in the non-carbonic world, only the grace of the Supreme Guru can lead them towards the Supreme Goal. Hence, it has been rightly said, Guru Kripa Hi Kevalam. The Guru's grace is everything. This alone is the Supreme Truth. This is the be-all and end-all of life. March 26, 1987, Calcutta. Thank you.